Jerry's from Missouri. I said, welcome to the Midwest. Hello, Jared. <laughs> What, what is up other than that was awesome. It's game day. It is game day. <laughs> game day. How you like it? How you like my role in today? I do like it. I uh, the, the first words uttered are Missouri. And uh, yeah. here, take yep. a listen. Take a listen a little bit. <laughs> this this is uh, the one and only Scrub, St. Louis's own. He's actually from down uh, River Country. Here, listen to this one. <laughs> Scrub, country thing. We're rolling in local today. Ready for another episode of the Soccer Dad Pod. Um... Let me tell you, I'm excited because um, where are we at today? We are at the local brand new soccer bar called The Pitch. And um, BJ, manager, uh, nice enough to give us the, the private room. Private. Special. Sounds special. Uh, it is a really nice room, actually. I haven't seen this one. Seen the rest of the bar. All the little nooks and crannies and signs. This one's got... It's own flair of uh, nooks, crannies, leather chairs, signs. Yeah, this Pretty is cool. um, this. I feel like we should be smoking cigars in in this room, and um, he doesn't know it yet. But I'm thinking this could be um, if we work our magic. This may be the new home of the Soccer Dad Pod and their families for libations on Match Day. Well, apparently, I heard him yell through the uh, <laughs> you were walking away for for. 2k <laughs> uh there's a lot of things i could do with two grand that wouldn't involve renting a room to drink beer and whenever i could stand on the street and drink beer yeah yeah you're right about that but i mean <laughs> our boys over at crescent and pinnacle they might need to sharpen hey. their pencil a little bit um <laughs> let me let me speak on their behalf uh no um so today's going to be a lot of fun. We've got uh, got a guest on today that has just been thrown way into uh, the fun side, the deep end, the big leagues, whatever you want to call it, um, with our own beloved St. Louis City SC on the mic. Uh, so this is going to be a lot of fun. We, you know, I, I want to recap a little bit of the things that have been going on with previous episodes and the... Uh, the inflow of uh, emails for the tickets, uh, you know, because I want to remind everybody, Pinnacle, our friends over at Pinnacle Loan Group, uh, the Pinnacle Loans, um, kind enough to donate four tickets to the August 20th Austin FC City SC game. Um, and all we ask is shoot us an email at, uh, send it to soccerdadpod at gaslightstl.com. Tell us what your favorite episode is and why. Real simple. And... You have a chance to win. These emails have been uh, really surprising to me. You, we uh, Zach sent you the screenshot of all of them, and I think your quote was, "I'm crying." <laughs> <laughs> I just the, the 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 fervor and the um, the sheer given f um, with people's pure valid opinions is um, pretty cool. Yeah, it is cool. It's a lot of fun. Um, so. Shoot us an email. Tell us what you like, uh, which episode, and why. Enter your chance to win. Um, 
I want to go back a couple of episodes because this thing is not going away. And thing as in the topic, high school soccer, to a degree versus academy soccer. I mean, that's ultimately what the fundamental debate is. But those episodes with Dave um, Ehrenberg from Ladue High School and the really the follow-up episode, which was unintentional um, with Ren Herzog from Lufu Soccer Club, absolutely blowing up that you know we're we're getting reached uh or messaged from uh national high school coaches now Mm -hmm. Uh, on twitter i've got a number of private messages this is a huge topic you know love you guys tackling it and and then they proceed to give me 72 points of their own reasons Mm -hmm. and on the flip side there are plenty of people that have been super close to the uh to the club game to um uh, the advancement of club, the development of academy, the success of academies that are like, whoa, 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 hold on. They're missing these 73 points. And it's safe to say anybody that knows us, you know, and Dave, he'll probably listen to this. He knows because he continues to debate me back and forth. I'm on the side of the academies in so much that they're developing, they're changing, they're growing, they're improving. And you know, being in those environments, we've seen it firsthand, the value, the competition, et cetera, uh, specifically as it applies to college pathway. Because I think there's a number of individual debates that surround this whole topic, such as which is better for college versus which is better for your personal growth. And then there's another one, which is the better environment. You know, and then you get into defined environment. So, long story short, go back, check out some of these episodes. It's, you know, everybody has an opinion on it. There's some great points made in all of the episodes, and there's more coming down the pipe. Yeah, I, um, um, my short opinion on it is if your goal is to truly play college soccer um, as a boy or a girl, um, there are multiple examples of people doing it in the pathway of the high school route. But there is no doubt you will have more success if you are able to make these academies to make it to college through that pathway. I'll leave it at that. I'll give a little plug. Um, At the end of July, um, since we have so much um, interest in um, it's kind of been a hot button topic, if you will. Right. We are going to have a roundtable with some substantial players at the end of the July, Zach, JB, still working out the details, but that will come. We don't ever really drop episodes. And if you're listening to this and you are passionate about that issue, yep. stay and, tuned. And I'll give you a clue. It involves double-decker pizzas. So uh, read between the lines however you like. Um, the other episode that we dropped recently was with, with my own pride and joy, number three, better known as Maxwell. Uh, he came on and helped me co-host since you guys had like day jobs or something. And uh, we sat down and chatted with uh, Mitch Hunt from over at SLSG, Scott Gallagher. He's the new director of, uh, on the boys side, director of youth um, for all boys, 12 and under. Um, and it was, it was just fun. You, you listen to it. You know, I, I knew it was going to be fun, but you, you know how parents are. We're all like, oh, my kid is the great. And I really just wanted to do it to see how it went. Because he knew uh, Mitch really well, and they get along, and and I thought it was really kind of important for a guest like Mitch, who is, you know, responsible for so many young soccer players, to have a little bit of a youth 
opinion or a youth take on the matter. And I thought I thought he did a great job. Well, for me, um, Maxwell is not only likable and comes off that way. He, he he's intelligent. He has good questions. Um, after having the couple episodes in a row of this um, banter back and forth of this highly disputed um, thing we just explained in our in our region, in our area, it was yeah. nice to kind of have an episode that was lighthearted. It was fun. It was likable. It was fresh. Mitch Hunt, um, he sounds like an excellent guy. I don't know him very well. Um, because I think our boys graduated from his age groups before he really took on his role, if you will. Yeah, he was right um, behind them. But if he's learning from um, the, the Kenny over there, I think that his path and his future is 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 going to be exciting. Yeah, it was it was fun. Um, we we mentioned a little earlier some of the um, businesses, friends of ours now that are helping support the show. Uh, first off, Crescent Plumbing Supply. Um, <laughs> I, I had a conversation with a neighbor who happened to listen to one of the episodes and was like, you know, I'm thinking about renovating my kitchen. I said, well, it's funny you say that. And they go, Crescent Plumbing Supply. Didn't you talk about them the other day? And see, and, and the only reason I bring that up is because it works, you know, and honestly, they're good. If you, if you got kitchen or bath need, hit them up. They're going to help you out. And then we've got our friends at Pinnacle, uh, Bill and Chris in particular. We talked about the tickets earlier, which brings us to the Pinnacle points of the day. Um, it's not, look, I, I can just tell by your body language, you're chomping at the bit. Yeah, you, I, 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 uh, I'm excited. Um, Let, I, I've actually put a little bit of thought into this one because I normally just shoot from the hip. Um, 2006, back to SLSG, St. Louis Scott Gallagher, girls, ECNL. Um, have friends on the team, uh, went to high school with, have daughter, they have daughters not, on the team. Not back in 2006, birth year. Yeah, 2006, 2006 birth year, ECNL, <clears throat> shout out completely here, SLSG soccer. There's hot button topic on these academies. ECNL, for me, at least, and I don't, I'm not going to be a sit here and pretend like I know the whole thing about the girls' game. But to my knowledge, ECNL is the top platform still with the GA on their heels or are developing as we speak. And these girls, back-to-back, they're under-17-year-olds this year, back to, just won back-to-back national championships. Yeah. I don't care if you're playing girls soccer, boys soccer, professional sports of any gender. Um, pickleball. It, it, pickleball. If you win one national championship, and not to mention if you win one back-to-back where you do two in a row, some, I, I mean – that's that's phenomenal. Yeah. I mean, that is unheard of. I'm going to add a quick 1B to that because a couple of hours later, the team that was not supposed to be there, and that's the 2010 ECNL RL boys, <clears throat> who actually made it in because it's, uh, it, there was a team that qualified, but for whatever reason couldn't do it. So they had enough points to be invited as the last seed. They entered into the regional national tournament, and today... They won it. No, so another is that Joey Hewer's group? I, I think I, I think I it is Joe Hewer's group and um, great guy, probably great coach. It sounds like, yeah, um, good player back in the day. Congratulations yeah, goes team. out to St. Louis Scott Gallagher in our environment that we've been talking about on this show. They are they are hammering out success stories. And again, congratulations to the 2010 RL boys. 
congratulations to those girls, 2006, back-to-back. That is something that they'll remember for the rest of their life. And I don't know that people listening really understand how hard that is to do. No, that's phenomenal. Um, Here's my pinnacle point, uh, too, since we've done 1A, 1B. Uh, Wimbledon, did you watch it? Uh, No. I mean, I had it on the TV a couple times walking by. Did you see who won? Uh, not Djokovic. I, no, I don't know. My, my point is, I didn't watch it either. That's my pinnacle point. Nobody cares about <laughs> tennis. Pickleball is destroying that sport. You know what I watched? <laughs> I watched the American Century Championship with the famous oh, yes. guys, and that is dynamite, riveting TV if you're a golfer guy. Steph Curry Steph, hit a hole-in-one. He had a hole-in-one, and then he made Eagle on 18 yeah. to win it. With his dad, his brother, his wife, his whole family there, and they're just they're playing music in the in the lake with the boats, and people are in bikinis, yeah. and I mean it just looks like a hell of a time. Yeah, it was um, kind of a crazy sports weekend in general. Um, you know, with the messy announcement, uh, you had Wimbledon going on, and apparently it was a really good match. I don't know. Like I said, I didn't watch it. Yeah. Um, then you had Rory won. Uh, the tournament he was in. Yes. Then you had the that um, uh, the tournament you just talked about with Steph Curry and a bunch of other other sports athletes. By the way, he was the first active professional athlete to win that tournament. It's been going on for thirty years, and there's mo- it's it, it's comprised of actors, band members, um, musicians, um, and then mostly retired. Um, Golfers, hockey, hockey players, players, basketball players, baseball yeah. players, and hockey and uh, tennis. I, um, well, I did see that. What was it? Barkley. Barkley played. Yeah, had three pars total. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, there's and these guys can golf their ball. I mean, they really flat out can. And unfortunate on 18, um, Steph Curry is losing going into 18. I think by two points or maybe even three. And some drunk dude on the tee box screamed, timed his scream right in the Marty Fish, our um, Fish's backswing. And he just shanked it into the gallery um, and did pretty good because he made par. Um, so Steph had to make that putt to overcome him and pretty awesome. Yeah, that was crazy. Um, I've got one more. Do you Do you have another one? Ah, I'm, I'm with you. I'll just, I'll comment on, I'll piggyback on yours. Yeah. So my, mine's kind of a generic th- three to eternity and it, because it, it, it involves messy, this whole messy effect last night, Apple plus had the rollout where they were showing, uh, the introduction of Messi and yet Beckham standing on the stage and everybody I I know intro- where you're going. Well, I, I, I honestly don't know where I'm going. I just think that this, this story, this, this transaction, this new player entering into this league, which, you know what, we can say it now, our league, right? Mm-hmm. It's just, it is rocking the soccer world, the attention span, the, the, the outlook, uh, everything about it now has a messy factor applied to it. And I think it's brilliant for the game. I think I think it's just it's transcending it, it, it transcended it, it it's unbelievable and he, here's my thought with it too this is where I thought you were going with it don't know the whole story but they did some sort of video um, production um, and welcoming him welcoming him to the league and wherever it was at Greg Burhalter is on the um, video yeah welcoming him congratulating him and just severe booing goes out from the crowd 
So, dude is not liked. I mean... Well, I think that was a, kind of a tap-in from the Rainier family. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <clears throat> there we go. We are... We're going to roll out. We're going to take our break here. We're going to we're going to bring our come back on the line here, get our guest on, and we're going to we're going to talk more soccer. This guy's famous. He's famous. And he's just a wild out there exciting <laughs> fun personality um, he, that we're lucky to have. It's going to be a lot of fun. Here's a little more scrub. Check it out. Go check him out. Go on YouTube. It's S C R U B scrub. You'll enjoy it. Uh, and also, don't forget, give us a follow, share an episode, save a kitten. We'll see you after the break. Yo, Jared here. Remember the pool pandemic of 2021? I was infected. I needed my own oversized oasis in Wentzville. I needed a simple solution to pay for it. So I reached out to my favorite undefeated CBC freshman standouts, Bill and Chris, at The Pinnacle Loans. Long story short, I have my pool. It's a flipping hammer. The loan process with those guys was so simple. Even I did it. Now, every time I get in my pool to drink ice cold beer, I can thank the team over at ThePinnacleLoans.com. That's ThePinnacleLoans.com. 20-0 as freshmen? Really? Okay, okay. We're back. What do you think of this one, Jared? I like it, and I think I know who this actually is without cheating, um, which is unbelievable. And I used to. Well, love hold on, hold on. Before you before you toss your guess, it is not the Beatles. I think it's the Flaming Lips. <laughs> you got it. And what's the what's the original song they came out with? Like Tangerine, I think maybe it's like it's one of them. I mean, they they had quite a few of those quirky little pop. And I liked them. I mean, they were just off base. They were different from when I was growing up and the like the hip hop of the '90s and the uh, punk rock and and they were just a little bit different. And I appreciated it. No, I know. It's like this one. You know the title of this one? You probably don't. I don't. It's literally called Yoshimi Battles the Pink Robots Part One. <laughs> I, and, and so, if I if I'm trying to follow where you're going with this, that word soup doesn't make any sense to me. And coincidentally, we have a guy on today who is famous for his word soup. <laughs> that we're gonna need some explanation here. Sure. Hey, Perfect introduction. Everything <laughs> is theme based on this show. Uh-huh. <laughs> no, we we are uh, infamously famous for trying to guess walk up tunes for our guests and for ourselves, and sometimes just for the vibe or the mood of the day. Um, and knowing that our guest today, Mr. Joey Zanaboni, uh, is into mysticism and and uh, uh, I don't even know how to describe it, man. You you like a lot of cool slash weird slash deep slash uh, stuff. Okay. So I thought, I don't know why I thought Flaming Lips would match that up, but I, I love the vibe. There you go. See, yeah. it was all about Let's the vibe. Just lock it, cock it, rock it, sock it. We did it. We Close did enough. It <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for joining us, man. How you doing today? I'm really good. Happy to be with you guys today at the Pitch Athletic Club and Tavern. Did, 
Did we, now wait a second. Did you get a royalty for saying that already? Well, it's just died into the brain. Oh my god! As of now, as as our <laughs> listeners know, we will drop in a little love for the Pitch Athletic Club and Tavern from time to time on Y ninety eight. Can we send our uh, tab to Steve? I'm planning to send mine. I don't know about you guys. I can't. Uh... <laughs> well, that's awesome, man. Um, thanks for joining us, man. Um, I we're gonna have some fun today. Want to really, uh, frankly go wherever the conversation takes us we are the ultimate professionals in so much that we don't have an agenda mm. <laughs> so we we know enough to be dangerous and we figured who better to have uh, a uh, non-structured conversation than you my friend just going where it goes let's do it that's we're gonna do that so let's let's do this first because there's a lot of people that listen that are um, the, the OG crowd, um, the, you know, those that have born and bred here, uh, that lived the game from the early CYC North County days, uh, all the way up through the ranks. Um, and now they know you, they know your name, they know your voice as being associated, related, and, and covering the games for our beloved St. Louis City SC. Give them a little bit of the one-on-one. Where you know are you, you a local? You a backyard kid? You I know, am. Let's, yeah. Let, let's let's. Paint. Oh, I grew up with the CYC tradition. Uh, born here, ninety one, right around Ted Drews and ninety one. Uh, I know, man. Yeah. I even feel old now. Really? Well, <laughs> and I'm always the young dude. But go ahead. I, I didn't mean to. Um, I didn't mean to shave <laughs> the proverbial fish. Sad. Sure. You're a, I, I can see you shave fish as well. Yes, we have that in common. Uh, born right around Ted Drews, in fact. Spent uh, most of my life here in St. Louis and, and even went to college in Missouri. And then I kind of took off for about eight years, worked in minor league baseball uh, for the bulk of it. But honestly, I've done everything. I've done uh, collegiate volleyball. I've done dog track racing. I've done <laughs> quite a few uh, twists and turns. Okay, so, so, so let's start there. Dog track racing. That's one that I did not know. I knew about the minor league baseball. I knew about some of the others. Uh, dog track racing. Um, just humor us for a second. Give us a run down the stretch. You know the the the. the Here comes Pharaoh's the, dream. <laughs> like you know, it's more we, of a social club are, are than we, anything. Are we talking greyhounds? Yeah, greyhound racing, uh, 2018 in in Florida. Was it in just north of Panama City? It was in uh, Pensacola. So yeah, I have been to with my dad. I have been to that dog track. Perdido Key. Yep. Yeah, it's a, it's a heck of a heck of a place. In fact, uh, Boston Rob, the star of the Survivor Series, actually used to go yeah, there yeah. quite a bit, and uh, did it for one year. There was a ballot measure that made it illegal the next year, uh, so kind of uh, you know just did what every announcer has to do. You just go with the wind and wherever it takes you. <laughs> one of your spots, you JB had mentioned that we know enough to be dangerous. You spent some time in the Mississippi Delta. Um, I feel like just reading between the lines, those were very formative years for what your style and how you come across on the mic yeah. today. Um, can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, 2014, that was really when I moved out of St. Louis. I had been announcing for about a year, and I was actually with the River City Rascals out in, uh, out in O'Fallon. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the opportunity came up, and I ended up moving down there for three years, Clarksdale, Mississippi, which is about five and a half hours 
south of here. Quite a bit different of a place than yeah. here or the suburbs of St. Louis. And Would you, you agree? can get there in an afternoon's drive. I had never even heard about it. Yeah. And I grew up really an afternoon's drive from it here in St. Louis. It's the gem, really, I think, culturally of of the South. It is an incredible place that has, you know, this unbelievable culture that revolves around blues music. Yeah, Delta blues, right? Yep. Yeah, when I went down there, I think that uh, I was 23. I just celebrated my 23rd birthday when I went down there. And I think that going there, yeah, I had a degree in English. And you just feel like, oh, I know sort of everything there is to know about language. And then I went down there and I just realized immediately the language was so much more creative than anything that I was coming up with, anything that I was certainly bringing to the the microphone um, you know, on, on a sports broadcast. We would do about 95 broadcasts a year down there. And, and the first year I was there, it was five teams, Coloma Community College. We were 10 and 118. We won three games before <laughs> the baseball season. Then we went seven and 37. <clears throat> Seven and thirty-seven during the uh, during the baseball. Were you season. like Bob Euchre up there, just hammering whiskey? No, no, not at all. I, well, I look back on those days. Um, I look back on those days as being the most formative because I think that it teaches you you really have to relish the moments, and if you don't get lost in it, then it's easy to let cynicism take over. It's easy to let just moments slip away from you and. Yeah, I mean, I embraced the community quite a bit, and I was lucky enough that they embraced me back. And, you know, I, I, I left after three years, but I look back at it. I look back at it as the work that I'm most proud of. You get better as an announcer as the years go by, and you always want to think, now I'm the best I've ever been. But I think the work the work itself I'm most proud of was uh, was that three years. So, so as you're bouncing around um, the minor league baseball circuit, the dog parks, dog tracks, excuse me, um, there are a few dog parks in there as well. Trust me. Yeah. <laughs> that was the dating scene. No, the, the yeah. professional yeah. scene was on the track. Dog, dog park was where you dated. Um, don't get those two turned around either. You're not no, going to like the results. You don't want to be the racer. Um, so here, here's my question. Um, you know, you grew up here. Were, were you a soccer fan, player, uh, rack club, anything like that growing up? Oh, yeah. And, you know, gateway striker. Uh that is sort of the old club for me, sure. St. Gabriel. Uh, you know, a lot of rec fields. And I had, uh, my brother played at Rockers University and my sister played at Rockers University. So really my formative uh, experiences were going to their games. I've got five siblings overall, so I would announce the game for the other kids. That was sort of my, uh, my yeah. role. You know, you know who also is St. Gabriel, guys? Yeah, quite a few. Um, the Giannino uh, from Pinnacle Loans lives yeah. right next to St. Gabe's. His kids go there. Yeah. We are St. Gabe's in the CYC League on Sunday nights. It's actually Chamateros. Chamateros. Yeah, you're right. All so loads. Go St. Gabe's. Um, so here, here's my kind of follow up through this. Um, you know, kind of fast forwarding, fast forwarding and connecting the dots to today's world for you. You know, you. Uh, you were on the mic for a long time taking on sports that y- you had an interest in or maybe you were just doing a job or maybe some com- you know, combination of the two. Um, when you get to the opportunity to work with City, how does, how does that really happen? Because it, you know, most of the time you see people that are in the booth or on the air that t- typically have been embedded in the game you know, f- for a minute, to say the least. You know, and it doesn't appear that you have that minute that most of them have. 
What was it for you about this job, what, about this opportunity that kind of put you into overdrive to, 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 to go down that path and, you know, frankly, close a deal? Yeah, I mean, I thank the Lord every single day. I am a Catholic and a Christian, so I thank Jesus Christ, you know, for just guiding me in some aspects of my life. But I, I really live by the, the phrase, if you try to do right, then things will work out well. And I was on a track working in eight years of minor league baseball, I felt like to be in, to, you know, just continue down the line of that sport and try to rise in that sport. And this team, you know, has just come together from the grassroots. And uh, working in college soccer and working in professional indoor soccer, you, you learn those values of community really quick. I did six seasons of, of college soccer and then two years with the St. Louis Ambush when this came up. And though St. Louis City is on a much larger scale, the values that they've brought are so neighborly and so relatable in this city that prizes getting to know each and every one of its residents. So I I really felt like there was an element of fate to it. Uh, but yeah, I mean, sometimes you have to uh, you have to make sure you, you turn around when fate taps you on the shoulder. And this thing kind of came up, uh, you know, a little bit out of the blue, but I was ready to pivot to it. I was ready to embrace the challenge because I think that's why I've done it from the start. I really have sought out uh, sports broadcasting opportunities, uh, really in some cases purely and a lot of times mostly just for the challenge. Yeah. I think it's very easy. Um, you know, I've worked office jobs. I've worked other types of jobs. It's easy to get lost in that nine to five blur each and uh, every, every week becoming the next. And, I know uh, all about that. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> or the six to three blur. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, it's just having the, uh, having the hope that you can push yourself a little bit, uh, has always been appealing to me. Yeah. That kind of brings us to, um, game days. Um, we go to a lot of the games, um, so I haven't heard every broadcast, but I, I, I do tend to put it on the 98 broadcast, when, especially when we're away. Um, you and your partner, Dale, um, you guys quickly developed a cohesiveness, a chemistry that I think comes off pretty well to our fans. Um, and I think 98, uh, of all the programming and all of the decisions that they quickly had to make as this thing was on the ground floor, um, I, I think you guys have done a nice job. Um, it, it's crazy to me, and we kind of talked off Mike Dale specifically, and I used him, and I called him a dinosaur of our game, and I don't mean that derogatory by any means. I mean, he has wore so many hats. He's been in this era area, and he's done so many jobs within – our soccer culture here so who better of a guy um and, and can you speak on that that cohesiveness and your guys's um relationship that's that's growing quickly and it just sounds like you guys are having a lot of fun i'd be happy to especially because you've you've eaten up quite a bit of time for me to eat this bacon cheeseburger. <laughs> there you go. i kept on like in the back of my head i'm like he's chewing keep, I, keep I, talking I, keep talking I think that was <laughs> wonderful and it's delicious at the pitch athletic club and tavern as dale and i have <laughs> experienced Thanks, many Steve. times uh you know dale's a first class guy i've gotten to know him and his family pretty well here two-thirds of the way through the season we've spent a lot of time together He's a, he's a very, very keen soccer mind. And the things that he sees, I've learned so much from him already. It's just a pleasure to do the game with an expert like him. He's charismatic and he's fun. And he has a, a human touch that has really come through. Uh, it's just like the thrill I know 
of a life of the lifetime as it is uh, for me, you know, for him. So I, I just love having the chance to, to work with him and the whole crew. They've done a great job at 98, which is, you know, it's not uh, typically known as a, a sports, hey, let's catch the game on Y98. This is more like, hey, let's catch the new Ariana Grande song on Y98. Yeah. A little bit prior to this. But it's given us that great reach to find fans in places I think that, you know, sometimes traditional sports stations miss. People who are going to come to this game for whatever the reason and just come to have a good time and enjoy, get away from their worries for a while. It's a pleasure to be that for people in this city. Well, let's 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 talk a little bit of the nuts and bolts, um, you know, kind of comparing and contrasting your your uh, previous experiences in the sports that you you've covered to date. Um, specifically, what I, what I want to get your take on is the differences in covering uh, baseball. Um, you covered college baseball and minor league baseball for a long time and now covering MLS soccer in particular. And that is, you know, the homework that is necessary. I think in terms of just kind of I'm guesstimating from afar, but, you know, to cover baseball, if you're a baseball announcer to a degree, there's a whole bunch of stats that kind of help drive the narrative as a batter is coming to the plate, you have time to look at their numbers and a pitcher pregame and so on and so forth. And then the flow of the game itself is is clearly, we all know it's start and stop and it's mainly stop and a little bit of go. Whereas in the soccer game, statistics, there are statistics. There's the simplistic ones. There's goals, assists, saves, tackles, cards, things like that. XG. I don't even know what some of those. Are. I don't even know what XG means either, and I played but, the game a whole life. We'll have to make XGA. Get... Yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, but but my but my question is, I think that there are exponentially more statistics that are never going to make the paper or sure. a sheet in the game of soccer. How how do you manage that process in in now covering a game that is extremely fluid mm-hmm. with very few stops? and trying to pull in what is really going on in the field. Yeah, I mean, to me, looking at uh, soccer versus baseball, it, it really just starts with a lifestyle. Soccer, this game, once a week, you really want to make sure you have your best 90 minutes of the week right then. I think with baseball, boy, to go, you know, six games a week, seven games a week, I mean, it, it flies through, and you have to kind of, to be quite honest, you have to be able to go a little bit insane just to make it through the summer on those buses. And uh, I think with soccer, there's a little bit of a different rhythm. Still uh, something, you know, to be said for, for getting out of your own head. And, and I think that's one thing that I've always danced that tango that every announcer, I think, dances with statistics. Because when I started doing that, I remember I would keep a little Chromebook. I would actually have two laptops and I had a little Chromebook that I would look up stats on kind of as we went through a baseball game mostly but other sports as well yeah and just as time went by i realized it's really it's very easy to paint by number yeah if you're doing like 150 ish games a year it starts to get to be where you can just sort of like all right number eight orange number seven blue and yeah. just kind of each game seems so, to be the, the well, plank in well it. for me um you can relate this to a lot of things in life and, and I'm a little bit um, selfish here, if you will, on, on our podcast. But like in sports, podcast in general, 
you get a lot of these podcasts that just want to talk about um, stats, goals, assists, home runs, strikeouts, and it's real monotonous, and, and there's almost or, no likability. Or, or even worse, speculating yeah. based upon statistics that haven't occurred yet. Yes, that. And so for <laughs> me, what I think is likable about you and Dale is Dale knows the game in and out. You absolutely know the game. You can tell by your, your candor. Um, but, but I think the likability aspect of it where it becomes real and it comes off like, um, I like these guys and I'd like to have a beer with them is much better than the guy out there. Just, and I, I think I'm speaking to your point. That's just recycling a rods home runs. Yeah. Like really? I mean, yeah, the numbers can become a little bit of a crutch and, and Lord knows that I have, I have leaned into that many times through the years. But Does soccer help you a little bit because it's, I think it's, it's so more fluid fun. and yeah, I think and, it is a little bit more fun to do than baseball. There's not enough. There's not a ton of time to fill because you're having yeah. to report the game. Uh, soccer, I think fits more into the modern world than baseball does as much as I love baseball. It's a global game. Yeah. I mean, start there, but you know, the, the, the modernization of the game is really more of a, in my opinion, an expansion of the popularity that has existed in most corners prior to ours longer mm-hmm. or at a higher level, you know. And now, you know, when you look at kids today, I mean, you know it, you're a teacher, right? Um, I would venture a guess for the span of your teaching career, the ratio of uh, soccer jerseys versus baseball jerseys, what is it, 10 to 1? You'll have to ask Beckett on that one. (laughs) I plead the fifth there, but as his former teacher, I order him to answer that question. Well, I'm sure he would probably agree it's somewhere in that range. I think it's just the popularity is so high. FIFA itself, you know, from an EA sports standpoint, all of that. Um, So let me let me kind of add on. I'm I'm still I got more questions in regards to how to cover it. do you catch yourself now, you know, when in the flow of a game, starting to become more intuitive as to, you know, again, those things that don't show up in a statistic? For example, oh, the, yeah. um, I, I think it was the, was it the Tor- Toronto game or what game we were watching? Or no, it wasn't that game. Anyway, we, I mean, we're hammering, we're possessing, we're running. Oh, it's LAFC. I was yes. watching it on TV. For the first yeah. 65 minutes of that moving, game. Moving, moving, moving. And about 35 minutes into the advantage that we had, I started getting the feeling, and, and I'm not saying that I know, but I'm just saying my gut told me this isn't good. You know, in spite of the fact at that minute in time, we were, we were more dominant. And then we were continued to be more dominant i'm like the longer it goes without scoring we are in tr- you know yeah you know trouble you know where you feel that with dale in the box with you and now watching as many games of you ha- that you have are you starting to get your own kind of personal sense of game flow oh yeah because i mean the, sure because this is a unique team too this is not like most um, most teams in a sense that you can watch the possession build and you can watch a little bit of the chess moves moving across the back or back and forth. You're covering a team that is running a thousand miles per hour. It's a tug na- of war on minutes. this game. And, you know, it, it's like this and this. And City is lightning strike. Yeah. So is, does that fit better with kind of your... Uh, own own radio personality or how you want to cover the game? Do you want to be more engaged with it? Oh, absolutely. I mean, the high-energy style. Some of these other teams can make 90 minutes seem like two hours, to be perfectly frank. I mean, 
this is flying by you and it, it seems like I mean the games seem like they only take 50 or 60 minutes it's I agree so high octane I agree so yeah I mean uh, my bar some tabs of my... don't feel like 50 minute bar tab <laughs> <laughs> how, come, how come every time I go to Balkans it's $33 <laughs> well that would be two beers and a tip <laughs> or so I hear <laughs> Doing indoor soccer and still doing it with the ambush, you know, that was uh, a lot of Are my you experience. going to continue to do the ambush games? Oh, yeah. Great. Oh, yeah. I, I, I was unsure of that with, with your I new... I might be adding something in addition. Stay tuned. There you go. anything yet, but... Is it high school soccer? I, I will not say anything <laughs> yet, but there's some exciting things that uh, you'll have to stay tuned for. We'll break the news right here at the Pitch Athletic Club and Tavern. <laughs> You know what? That's. <laughs> Do you have a button or like a cord <laughs> that you pull when it's time uh, to say I, that? No, I'm just trying to get that to calm my I'll, deal. I'll, I'll cut that. I'll cut that and just put it on in rotation. For you, you know? <laughs> That's fine, dude. Sure. Hey, a here's what love. Here, here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna take a quick break. We're gonna get some refills here. Uh, I wanted to point something out to you in particular, Jared. Uh, I had in one of those emails that came in for the tickets on August 10th. Yes. Uh, or 20th. 820. 820 game, Austin FC versus City. Uh, send us an email at soccerdadpod at, G, at, ga, at gaslightstl.com. Tell us what your favorite episode is. One gentleman sent it to us. He was from Kentucky. Loved, um, I think it was the Pat Noon episode. And he said, and what, what I really love about your show is you guys play Tyler Childers. And he sent me a link to his nephew, Cole Chaney. He goes, would you guys mind playing him? So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play a little bit of this on our way out to break here. Dude's name is Cole Chaney, C-H-A-N-E-Y on Spotify. I mean, he's got millions of spins here. So we're, first listen here. You ready? Here we go. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fire Well, this maybe up. you should have him down at your gaslight. I don't have gaslight anymore. I, I know. That you pull string. Here we go. Let's see what we think. Joey, what do you think? Are you a uh, little Kentucky bluegrass outlaw country fan? Uh, Dale made me promise not to sing here. I do all the time. Are you, really? Oh, we got see. this other guy that does the show with us. He's a sweetheart. His name is Zach. He thinks he's got like a really good singing voice. And so he likes to tell me and JB we can't sing all the time. Well, he said he's a baritone or something like yeah, that. Yeah, he, he was a baritone at Missouri State. Ah, yes. He was right. in an acapella group. The baritone. How awesome is that? Here we go. Let's check this guy out. What do we think? Not bad. I like it. It's called Cole Shooter, Cole Chaney. We're going to play this on our way out. He sounds like Zach Bryan. He's got a little bit of that going on. Definitely. Uh, Check it out. We're going to take a quick break. Come back. We're going to chat more with our friend, Mr. Joey Zanaboni from City SC's radio coverage on Y98 FM at the pitch, STL. (laughs) How's, How's the burger, by the way? Dot com. There we go. All right. We'll be right back. Crescent Plumbing Supply helps save marriages. Really, as families grow, kitchen and bath needs change rapidly. Designing and choosing the right fixtures takes way more skill than just scrolling Pinterest. Staying on budget and avoiding those foreign language order sheets, that's not easy. Lucky for you, the local team at Crescent Plumbing Supply, they are experts. They can help you ditch the baby's tub for a teenage shower and upsize that kitchen sink for all those tumblers, rosé glasses, and sports water bottles. So, when you're ready for that kitchen or bath makeover, go to crescentsupply.com. That's crescentsupply.com. It's cheaper than a therapist. 
cheating there, Jared. I was cheating. And I did cheat, and so I did look. So you can't ask me. Joey Zanaboni. Name the artist and title of the song. 91 Kid. Don't move, don't talk. This Kiss, Faith Hill. (laughs) (laughs) It's the only thing that was coming to mind. A touch off. A bit outside. Make a call. A bit outside. How would you say that? Um, you are... Missed by a millimeter. Yeah. It was, uh, <laughs> Missed by a millimeter. This would be you two. Numb. I've definitely said it once or twice. <laughs> but you could probably say it about most things. Yeah. We got more corners than a Rubik's Cube. I think it was a Rubik's Cube factory, but hey, who's, who's keeping count? <laughs> so we had four. No, eight. Wait, one, two, eight. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's not that many corners. <laughs> well, now that we got the corners out of the way, um, we're back. Second half of the show here. We've got a uh, guest today, Joey Zanaboni, radio voice from Y98 FM for the St. Louis City SC. Uh, City Red Lovers. Right. Um, simple question out of the gate: How much fun is it? How, I mean, we got we got a first place team. Nobody picked it. Nobody thought it. Nobody even envisioned the possibility of it. How much fun is it today? What is today? July seventeenth, year one. We've got about a handful of games left. Mid season break currently. What's it like right now? I mean, it's everything you'd imagine. It's incredible. The feeling is amazing. Uh, to be part of the group. I think the soul of the group is really about how can I get better for the next one? And Bradley Carnell was just talking about that this morning on local radio, talking about how his expectations for the team were high this season. He knew they could accomplish a lot because he said they had confidence in themselves. He had confidence in himself. And they've pushed that. They have tried to get better, and they have pushed each other. They've gotten tougher as the season's gone along. And, you know, mm-hmm. it's it's uh, And they're much deeper than most people gave them credit for, without question, because they've shown that over this last month run. Um, speak about the, the – I mean, you've announced tons of different sporting events, um, sports in general, and different places. Talk about that stadium experience. Um, have, have you ever been in one that's that electric at times? No, I really haven't. I haven't spent uh, probably enough time, honestly, announcing games at the major league level. But even among the major league games that I've been to, whether it's on an assignment or as a fan, it's really hard to compare because there's such a closeness that the fans have with the team. And Roman Berkey's gone on record as saying, we feel like we're one with the fans when we're here. And, and that's such a, a special and rare feeling. The standards have been high. The, the gates have been welcoming. People have uh, looked into, I think, how to be a better person by asking themselves, how can, how can they be a better member of the club? I mean, it's, it's really a phenomenon uh, for this area and something that's rare in sports. Do, do you think it's a <clears throat> kind of a carryover of uh, what... Uh, LP is laid out as the uh, the team is a DP, you know we you know not necessarily a DP or we don't need a DP. Yeah, I mean it's the first designated team, yeah. and I think it's 
from my perspective, it's a, it's about adopting that same mentality of how can I get better for the next one? How can I keep pushing myself? How can I keep growing? How can I be better to the people around me? And I think that that, that mentality is, is something that everybody wants to be a part of. Just being around it, it swells and it grows. It takes on a life of its own. So, so what is it, what is it, what kind of life does it take on when you guys are on the road? Because you guys are obviously running in the press circles. You know, you show up at the uh, opposing stadiums and you guys do your morning team run, right? Uh, or does Hack run that thing? Is he the He's one that really the one that really is the leader, yeah. Were you, were you a willing participant or did he tell you, let's go? I, I kind of volunteered. They were talking about it, but I, I'm a jogger. I'm a runner. I try to get up first thing really and run to set the tone for the day. And uh, yeah, we'll, we'll get out there in the morning and uh, do some miles. I, I feel like I'm a solid, like maybe fourth or fifth in the group. It's a group of about a dozen. I mean, there's so some feel, good athletes that are in those pictures. Well, I'm saying, you know, I'm more, <laughs> I put the jog and jogging sometimes they really want to run. Go. So it's, uh, it's tough to keep up with, but Hackworth is the main culprit of the, uh, the infamous morning run. Well, I feel so, like Dale probably outruns you though. Dale, <laughs> Heck, man, you should see him up in these press boxes. We're having races. Up there. <laughs> hey, so, so I want, I want to follow up. I, I started with a question then I, I myself got sidetracked there. My question happens all the time. I know it's, uh, it's, it's, it's squirrel, <laughs> you know, one of those things. Um, when you go to the opposing stadiums and when you guys are on the road, and you're bumping into the local press, the local coverage, you know, because all those boxes, for the most part, you guys are all in the same world. Um, er, early on, I had to assume there was a lot of like, oh, you know, you know, congratulations, nice uniforms, good luck this year, ha ha ha, <laughs> you know. And now, <laughs> you, you know, fast forward, uh, still top of the table, you know, legitimately okay. taking out the top. What's have have you seen a shift in engagement or lack, you know, or, or uh, respect or anything like that because <laughs> of the production? I mean, listen, I strike up conversations around the buffet. I don't, I don't track the responses <laughs> too much. I'll talk to you about uh, about the shrimp and so forth. Oh but, boy. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, there was obviously uh, expectations that were pretty low among national media members. You know, coming into the season of how St. Louis City would do. Yep. Uh, I mean, the consensus seemed to be 15th. I think maybe in the. I think one thing I saw is that like a dozen writers. One of them said 14th, or, or I guess he can't even finish 15th in the Western Conference. So maybe they said 14th. <laughs> yeah. No. And uh, yeah, so I believe one of them said they would get relegated. No. Oh, okay. Well, that, <laughs> that does make that make sense. Um, you know, and. And yeah, I mean, I noted it, but I'll just say this. Working in collegiate athletics on the sports information side, I voted in a few preseason polls in my time. And <laughs> I wouldn't trust the the oh, internal sure. polling that I was doing was what is it, what is on the inside of my eyelids right now when I close my eyes after looking at the screen. Uh, so I didn't personally put, you know, any any stock into that. But, you know, everything is a gift. Everything is an opportunity. You can use it as a tool. And I think that the team certainly uh, took that personally. That's one of the principles is play with the, a chip on your shoulder. And I think a lot of guys who had been in the MLS uh, had already made an impact in the MLS or were ready to make an impact in the MLS. Yeah, I think that that, that was huge, huge motivation. Uh, and it just it's the right town to do it in. 
I think that's really my perspective. Growing up in St. Louis, you think about the 99 Rams going worst to first. You talk about you know, the Blues in 2019 being counted out, the 2011 Cardinals. We've built a sports culture around uh, mentalities like the ones these guys have. And it's, it's a big, big tool to have. It's a great arrow uh, to have in the quiver. So how much fun is it? <clears throat> and I'm going to stick with the question from being on the road. How much fun is it, though, when you guys travel around? Because we, we see the pictures. We know we know who's kind of walking the halls and coming <laughs> up. Uh, how cool is it, though, to be a kid that grew up in St. Gabe's Parish? You know, you, you've, you've been around the game for a long time. Now you're with the crown jewel here in St. Louis, which is, which is the soccer capital of the United States. How cool is it, though, when you go into these other markets and you see these prime names these hall of famers walk up that are from st louis it's it's humbling man it really is uh getting to interview i remember al trost when we were in dallas who's part of the the hall of fame inductions down there part of the uh the stadium down there is the national hall of fame and, and just blessed just humbled to see how far st louis's reach really is and also just really impressed and really grateful to be able to uh, visit these great destinations like yeah. Los Angeles and Toronto, uh, Portland, places I really had never dreamt of uh, that I would really reach. I had dreamt of going to them, but never thought I, I would uh, really reach. I never had really traveled through the West before doing this. And it's just, it's a blessing and it's an honor to, to be able to go along for the ride. Well, we, we, we spoke about it in, in, in our stadium experience and how electric you think it is and how, and how much of a great time that is if you will um the game in our country um is ever growing and a big reason for that is the soccer specific stadium and, and for me you are traveling around and and doing all these games in these stadiums and you know think about this year we're on the west and we're going to be in a lot of the western conference stadiums and some eastern conference stadiums and there's a potential reality that we go east next year with the expansion and, and, and seeing these specific soccer venues and being a guy with passion for our sport, what does that mean to you? Because these stadiums are freaking marvelous. It really is. It's very, very impressive. I'm not sure any of, uh, you know, Eclipse City in terms of the pure vibe and the pure atmosphere, but some have given a, a really good show. Austin's been incredible. Uh, Portland is very good. Now that's an older stadium that is a multi-use stadium up there. It's it's done everything from Oregon State football to minor league baseball. It's this huge sprawling place that they've made their own. Uh, and Seattle, you know, a little more modern, but but the same deal. Uh, Seahawks and and Sounders share a venue. Uh, I think about Austin though. I think about places or, or being in Toronto, just being at LAFC. LAFC. I mean, wow, what a show in some of these places. Nashville does a spectacular job and. I think Don Garber talking today about what the MLS is prepared to do to enhance that even further, talking about can we put natural grass on top of turf when Messi comes to town and <laughs> the, throwing. Yeah, the Messi effect, right? Yeah, I mean, throwing out all these ideas to continue the improvements. It's really cool. I do enjoy, and I love going down to the Cardinals game. I was actually just there a couple of days ago. But now I, I do kind of enjoy more of that feeling of being in a stadium that's about twenty to 25,000-ish seats and sort of the open air feel to it and the acoustics and everything coming together for this one great show. And it, 
it it gives that feeling that exhilaration, but it also gives it an intimacy that I think sometimes yeah. you can lose. Longtime sports fan in St. Louis, been to plenty of games, especially at Bush Stadium, Cardinals games, playoff games, Jones World Dome. Series game, Jones Dome. And I will equate '99 and how loud and how electric that 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 dome was rocking, and been to some really cool Cardinals playoff games. It's just different when you walk in that stadium for a night game across the street here from the Pitch Tavern in St. Louis. <laughs> dot com. Uh, the Pitch Dash STL. They, you can like I, I I the other day I can't remember which game it was. I walked in and I was right next to my wife, and I'm like, do you feel that? I mean, it's there's an electricity that I can't describe that you can feel when you walk into that stadium. Well, do do you think that a little bit of it is uh, here in St. Louis? Um, and I and I probably know the answer to my own question, but do you feel that the Cardinals struggles this year, uh, just from you know our sports expectations in the three one four? Do you think the Cardinals struggling, you know, is is actually f- fueling the fire? Uh, in addition to not only our victories, but the vibe and what the what the ownership group and the experiential team has done. Well, I think everybody wants everybody to have a great season and to win. And uh, and we do understand that's a trick question, given KMOX is the official <laughs> radio partner of. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I mean, St. Louis City SC is the latest iteration in what really makes sports special in St. Louis, a neighborly feel with a world-class reach. And that's what this city, I think, has done in the past that St. Louis City SC has tapped into and and brought back to life in many fans in this area. There was uh, a lot of jadedness in this area when the Rams left uh, eight years ago, and there was a lot of feeling of desolation and of despair. There was hope, though, hope that something new could come in the place of what had left. And, and there's a template that the Cardinals and the Blues have built through these championship seasons and that the St. Louis Rams did in that magical run of 1999. And, and I think that City SC has found that same well and is drawing water out of it. And I think that explains it. I think it's it's more than just the novelty of being the new kid on the block. There's really something that's reaching people more on an emotional level that's impossible to qualify in wins and losses or even metrics or numbers or sales revenue, there's something deeper that's happening, and I think the city is ready for it. That's well, well said. I, I mean, that, that, I mean, you hit, hit hit the nail on the head. Well, I think it's one of those things that um, you know, we 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 as St. Louisans, we talk about the Cardinals and it's Cardinal Nation, and we're the best fans in baseball. But then, if you peel the onion back and you go backwards and you try to figure out why, well. KMOX is legitimately, you know, I brought him up a second ago, but, you know, KMOX doing what it did to create and grow and, 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 and fertilize the Cardinal nation across seven, eight, nine states. I see a parallel and, and let me get your take on this because St. Louis is not a typical MLS expansion city. You know, we're, we're in a place where you look around the walls and you look at these pictures and you look at, you know, you read the, the captions from uh, 19, well, that goes back to 1870. You know, in the room that we're in, highlights, pictures, clips, news articles of soccer in St. Louis. This is not new to us. 
do, do you feel that? Do you feel that as being part of the team that, yeah. yes, you're an expansion team, but it's, what is the asterisk to you? It's really cool because I think there's such a, a knowledge of the game already. So many people know soccer and enjoy soccer and love going out to soccer games, CYC, high school, college, uh, indoor professionalist area. I mean, it's incredible. I feel like people already have those built-in master's Saint, degrees. St. Gabe's 3v3 tournaments. Exactly. That's what I'm talking about. Master's <laughs> degrees, courtesy of St. Gabriel University. Yeah. Uh, you get out there and you kick the ball around in St. Louis. That's what you do. And then there's this other path of learning because everyone's new to the, to the league and to the ins and outs of the league. And why do we stop on July 15th and not have another official MLS game until August 20th? What do we do in between then? League's Cup, by the way, July 23rd, 6.30 Central, tune in Y98. Uh, but that experience is really cool because I think it's like rediscovering something and discovering something for the first time. So so what do you what do you see happening? What do you see kind of playing out here in the fall, given the position that you're in? Um, or what is your prediction, I guess, is really the question. Um, I think it's it's a foregone conclusion, barring nuclear holocaust. Uh, we are going to make the playoffs. Um, I'm gonna put you on the spot. Uh, how far? How far do we go? What's what, what's your what's your gut? What's your love affair with this team tell you? Sitting in literally the catbird seat. They can go as far as they want to go. <laughs> if they are ready to embrace every challenge, embrace every reward as well, and celebrate as champions, they can do it. They've gone toe-to-toe with the best. They have the best strategizing for them. Carlos Vela didn't even start the game before taking on City on Wednesday. And, and you know, City did not start Tim Parker for, for you know, rest reasons and just normal sort of run-the-course-of-the-season reasons. So it seems like uh, LAFC, as they are in the standings, the reigning champs are already chasing St. Louis City. And after the game, uh, one specific LAFC player actually said, uh, this win makes us feel like we can beat anybody. And it felt like, wow, it sounds like St. Louis City is in their position already. And it just tells you, you know, that this team should have confidence and continue to embrace that challenge to get better. I really think they can go as far as they want to go and as far as this journey will take them. Edward Leuven's free kick goal from Saturday. I've been scouring the internet for your call. Okay. Um, I can't find it. You don't don't follow (laughs) me on Twitter, huh? I do follow you on Twitter. Did you put it on Twitter? I posted it from the Pitch Athletic Club and Tavern probably 45 minutes after the game. Well, okay. you, you had the perfect line on it. You, are you guys 50? Are you on the 50-yard up top? Or where are you guys watching? We are. We're about, we're about uh, yeah, right on the halfway. A little bit uh, more toward the flag waving just off to the left. So, you, so I mean, so you, you, you watched it. You watched it track. Perfect view. Oh, yeah. I so, knew it was in. Which one is it? Well, I, still I'm having trouble <laughs> seeing your phone. But, yeah, there's a lot. There it is right there. Okay, here we go. Well, he, well, hold on a second. I'll do it. Let's ask him another question. Hold, we'll the, hold the phone up to the microphone. Let's Come do this on. old school yeah. here, old guys. Come on. School. This guy's bringing out like a soup can and a string here in a second. Yep. Yep. That's exactly what I'm bringing out. So did you go nuts? We're going to hear it. Sure did. Sure um, did. Was that? I mean, it was definitely goal of the match day. 
And it's the MLS goal of the week as well. Yeah, absolutely. So for me, that is probably up there. It is maybe going to be a contender depending on the goals that we see the remainder of the year. Um, Yosef's goal, um, the, 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 the scissor kick valley was excellent. That was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, but that goal and that dip, to, to, to hit that ball that close to the goal and get it over an adult goalie like that yeah. here, here is we go. unbelievable. I, I got you, Jared. I saved you. Hold on here. We're going to go back. We're going to play the call here. You ready? All right. Only Leuven around the ball. They do right. Yes! I love it. Dale's like exploding like a flatulent extra in the Oppenheimer movie. So the Oppenheimer reference. I, I like sure, it. there was actually a Barbie reference earlier in the match. <laughs> I haven't put that one out on Twitter yet, but there was. Do Do you ever get people texting and be like, "Who's Oppenheimer?" Uh, you <laughs> know you what? If, fam, if, family members like Joey, come on. Man. If they don't want to do the extra reading, they don't want to do the extra reading. You know? <laughs> the extra reading. So, how much fun is it? I mean, do, do let me. When it comes to calls like that, because obviously the game of soccer globally is known for having extremely flamboyant uh, analysts around the world. Sure. Um, you know, the Latin America in particular, they love making their calls. Do you, do you have fun with that? I mean, clearly you did. We just listened to it. But do you do you challenge yourself to to push the envelope further? Because we had we had Santi Beltran on, and in one of his comments is like, oh, well, one of the problems with American coverage is it's kind of slow. It's kind of less you know emphatic yeah. Yeah. historically. So you don't do that. What's you know what's your what's your own personal pump up you know how do you get in the mindset to make calls like that Yeah I mean I think that's one of the hidden advantages of just living you know in this place and time where I didn't grow up listening to a lot of American soccer commentators I was just going on YouTube and listening to the people that really make you know the hair stand up on the back of your neck For me I mean as far as I guess uh, influences go. It's just that pastiche. It's listening to well, Dennis Bergkamp's goal from the 1998 World uh, Cup and the Dutch commentator. Bergkamp. Yeah, it just it just lights you on fire and just yep. uh, different things. I mean, uh, South American commentators and, and Mexican commentators and in English commentators as well. I mean, getting up and watching NBC and hearing. Uh, the Arlo Whites of the world yeah. and so forth. I mean, that, it, that's my favorite. Yeah, I, I like, like the Monty Python approach. Yeah, you know where it's always the a subtle like, oh, that's brilliant, and he's a putz yeah. all at the same yeah. time. I like the pitiful poor me English guy, <laughs> and that's who I think we're yeah. talking about. That you can just you can pick him out of a, a lineup and or just listen to his voice, and he's always got like this sarcastic. Yeah. Uh, Oh, brother. Like, I just love it. Oh, I think it was Victor Hugo who said, in, in Paradise 2, there is death. And that's always what I think about oh, when I think about yeah. English football. They live in the greatest, you know, soccer country in the world. But, of course, they're well aware of, you know, uh, Victor Hugo. Yeah. I, <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, they're very self-deprecating. Yeah, I, I, I just think that that is the, uh, the, the heart of it, is just having that ability to be kind of a... Uh, a person that's been formed by a lot of different influences. Yeah, that's really the claim that I can give to originality is just that I was at least willing to try to glue them all together and say this is what I love from that part and that part and that part. 
I just, I, I don't know. I don't know that there were a ton of American soccer commentators that stood out as a kid, but, uh, you know, obviously the game has grown so much. Yeah, no, I mean, it, well, as kids, it wasn't on television. Yeah. You know, we can just start and stop there. You know, me as a kid, you know, I'm the oldest at the table here. Soccer made in Germany every Sunday was on tape delay, you know, and, and that'd be the one game of the week. And then two, three times a year, maybe you catch a national team game or something like that. You know, and fast forward to, 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 to today, you know, the boys are in here in the room with us and... I mean, they're watching Champions League replays. It's just nonstop. You know, the game is is permeated yeah. everywhere. So you know, I, I I'll kill myself if I listen to this or think about this after we leave. And I I, I want to make sure um, I want to bring up one um, very good friend of the show. Um, we brought up Dale, and, and, and another person on your team is Jen Cease. Yes. She she um. Not Dr. Jen. Not Dr. Jen. MTD. Um, <laughs> she um, is an absolute ace along with um, her refing often wrong husband. Um, <laughs> uh, no, I'm just giving him trouble, but he, 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 he has a lot of fun. But I tell you what, your guys' group and um, just the amount of fun that, that you guys portray um, kudos to you guys. I want to congratulate you for oh, coming nice. into this thing, and 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 maybe it's Mr. Moore's you know plan, or maybe it just comes off that way. But uh, phenomenal job, and, and Jen's a big part of it because you can just tell she has fun. Yeah, she does. Yeah, and it's been great to get to know her and George Gansner, who who do a great show on KMOX. I mean, it's something where we all feel like we've come from different walks of life and also different perspectives on soccer. I mean, Dale has been, uh, you know, died in the wool here for 40 years in the soccer community. Jen played collegially at Lindenwood and has been involved in soccer for so long. Uh, different perspectives and different life journeys around it. It's, it's really cool to be able to meet people like her just as a result of doing the job. And we just, we just keep it fun. We've had a chance to call some games uh, together now this season. We're looking forward to, to doing a lot more. Joey, thank you. Thank you. It's been a blast, dude. Um, really, I, I, I think your approach is fresh. I think it's clean, um, you know, because we, we live in a town where, you know, and we know these guys, Jared, you and I, we know so many of the guys that have grown up with the game that, you know, claim to have, you know, mixed the cement in the foundation itself. And, you know, to hear your take and, you know, and just playing the Twitter clip of the, the coverage. It's it's fresh. And Thank God we found it on Twitter, right? Yeah, <laughs> I can't believe you didn't find it. How well, dare you? <laughs> well, I'm not the most capable internet working. Well, I, there is. You know, I just I just put it up right after the game, and I think sometimes that kind of gets a loss. You know, people go to sleep. It's 45 minutes after the game, and you know, well, it gets lost that. in and, the next day. Well, plus you know, 45 minutes to 90 plus after the game. You've got 22,500 people or so walking out doing the exact same thing with the exact same huh. hashtags. Yeah, they're you in know, the three bars, too. That's right. Coincidentally, Shafley. We're all posting for the Pitch every, Athletic Club and Tavern. Yeah, <laughs> That's where you can post after the game. Yeah. yeah. I, I just want to thank you for coming on and joining us. Um, I'm sure we're going to cross paths here. No, we're, we're, seriously. We're, we're, at the, uh, we're at the park all the time, man. We really enjoy what well, you're it's, doing. It's been really Best of luck to catch up with you guys. Finally, I'm a fan of the show. So thank you. And uh, 
Thanks, man. Let's do it again. Yeah, we'll do absolutely. it again. And uh, I want a quick shout out, quick thanks to, again, our friends uh, Bill and Chris over at Pinnacle Loan Group. Um, hit them up. Shoot us that email again with your favorite episode for a chance to win four tickets to the Austin St. Louis City game on August 20th. That would go to SoccerDadPod at GaslightSTL.com. And uh, Jared, as always, man, it's been a pleasure. Enjoy your vacation. You you got you, you're gonna go do some time here with the fam, and you're gonna do some fishing, and you're gonna just unwind yeah. and get away. Um, gonna go it, have a pint with uh, Wayne Jones from Wrexham. Oh, that's right, you are. So, um, ha- ha- be safe, have fun. Um, you guys deserve it, and then come back refreshed and ready for the fall. We'll be good, man. Thank you. I'm gonna roll us out. Uh, your Dirty Blues commentary earlier kind of made me think of our St. Louis's very own Manus Brothers. These guys, Ooh, they, go like down these guys. To, they go down to they go down to Clarksdale and all those joints for the uh, the Muddy Roots, all those fests down there. They sound great. Yeah, you should check them out. If you're listening, the Manus Brothers, give them a follow. And uh, thank you again for all the support. Share it with a friend. We'd appreciate it. And we'll catch you next time. The term staycation was really invented by soccer moms. Located one hour and seven minutes from the arch, the Music Box Chalet at Innsbruck is a hidden gem. Buried in three acres of private woods, the Music Box has a master suite for just you. A loft and second bath for them, and a vinyl collection to meet your every mood. The full-size kitchen will easily accommodate three to 12 bottles of rosé, while the huge fire pit seating area will keep the big kids busy. Golf, fishing, kayaking, pickleball, or simply reading a book with Mother Nature, all at your fingertips. Visit either VRBO or Airbnb to find the Music Box Chalet. And now, back to those guys.